Hello and welcome to Dazed and Gucci present Gucci Gig, a new collaboration exploring the power of performance with pioneering music artists. I'm Thomas Gorton, digital editor at Dazed, and I'm here today with Mickey Blanco. The first time I met Mickey, they were performing in an abandoned office block in South London. They shut down the whole place with an acapella. No one made a sound. It's hard to shut down a rave, but when Mickey performs, you watch. It's an honour to be here with you today. Hi, how are you guys? Hi, <laughs> hi. hi, how are you guys doing? Hi, it's me, Mickey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. Before we get started, uh, let's listen to the live performance that you just recorded. Can you intro it for us, please, Mickey? Yeah, so this is a new song. Uh, it's from my forthcoming album. It's called Lucky. It was produced by Faulty DL, uh, Andrew Lustman, um, and... Uh, uh, I'm, I was I was super excited uh, to do this song because the song features uh, uh, within uh, the original. It's a, it's a sample that has violin and viola and cello and 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 bass. And so it was so awesome uh, when when we were conceptualizing the idea for this performance video. I should say uh, I was like, you know, we 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 have to do the song live in in in, in 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 its fullness and and so yeah we we got a viola player and a, and a violin player and my musical director nick rosen uh came and played the cello and and and, and put the whole thing together and so this this is awesome to me because this is where i'm going you know this level of like of instrumentation and performing and and uh musical composition this is like right where i'm at right now cool um it sounds and it looks amazing um let's take a listen now <laughs> London, it's the international show, girl. Mickey Blanco, let's go. Snow White LeBlanca. This is Vanilla Skrilla, Flex McGilla Gorilla. I kind of shit down my pillar. These hoes talk about realness, don't even trust they own feelings. Why did you choose to perform Lucky, which is from your forthcoming album, which may I add, and I need to say, is incredible and is going to be the album of 2020. And I'm not biased. It really is something incredibly special. But with Lucky, you know, it's the first thing people are going to hear from this project. And um, why that song? I chose Lucky because it's a song for people that have followed me since the beginning of my career. Uh, it's a song that, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, pseudo intellectual or, or pretentious, but it, it, it really is about me, like, tr you know, transcending kind of a lot of a lot of, you know, personal struggles, you know, to get to this place where I can say, yo, like, I'm <laughs> I'm really, really swagging. I'm, I'm really, really balling. And, and life is good and life is OK. And life doesn't have to be about making songs about trauma and life doesn't have to be about making songs about adversity. And so you and life doesn't have to always, always be about, you know, transcending kind of like, you know, the, the heavier stuff that we often go through. Um, it's a fun song. Um, I think my delivery is like Mickey Blanco, you know, at, 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 at my best. Um, I think I think that if you've been a fan of mine for a long time, it, it kind of like gives you like, you know, an, an essential Mickey Blanco. 
But I think that why it was so important to me that we did the live version and why I didn't want to use the backing track and, and not just a music video was because so much of this album has been about me learning actual musical composition. You know what I mean? I'm not a classically trained musician. I didn't come into this game as a musician. I come from this performance art background. I was, you know, a weirdo art kid who loved to write, who writing was really my strength, but I did I did a bunch of stuff, you know. I, I worked at art bookstores. I, I was a performance artist, uh, and I'm, I guess in a lot of ways I am still. Um, I, I was a kid actor, you know. I have this background in theater. I, I did basically everything around the periphery of music but music until until I was until I was 25 and then when I was 25 you know because I wrote a poetry book and then realized nobody reads poetry <laughs> I started doing music and I was like oh okay so maybe I maybe I should like sing some of these poems you know what I mean and that that was it for me so, I don't know I, I I have I have one of those careers thus far where because I'm like strangely well known to a lot of people but kind of still very much so not a mainstream artist i get i get this a lot which is like but i will say this i'm exactly where i should be in my journey because yeah i had some singles that i do think that had i been like a straight male artist they probably would have taken off in a different way mm -hmm. but i also know that when it comes to like crafting music in a certain way and at a certain level and paying attention to certain details like production, paying attention to how it's engineered or mixed and not just it being a cool idea that I want to experiment with, but really making quality sound. That is something that I really only achieved for the first time with my first album in 2016 and that now from that learning curve I'm continuing to move into now I only now am beginning to feel like an actual musician mm -hmm. it's amazing to hear about your journey from from performance art uh, by the way RIP all the poets out there <laughs> <laughs> sorry to anyone listening um, who's thinking about you know picking up the pen um, you know I agree with you I feel like you're on the cusp of something really big um, yeah I'm just so excited for people to hear this new iteration uh, you know of, of Mickey Blanco I've seen some amazing shows that you do a mic and a, a you know and a, a, and a DJ the album has a whole new ethos now in terms of performance what more can we expect from you know from the record well for so long it's just been me no not for so long for always <laughs> it's just forever and ever forever you know forever for the last uh for the last six and a half years so this is like if i i start key so i came out with all my music in 2012 and then i started touring in 2013 so it's year seven like of me having like a career and and it's all the whole entire time. It's just been like me and the DJ. Mm -hmm. I had to always be the most interesting thing on stage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And now that I was able, you know, over the last few years to garner and, you know, to garner a really true, you know, dedicated fan base, you know, globally, like, you know, okay, yeah, I play shows. I play headline shows where, like, they're all my people. Mm -hmm. But I have played so many shows for people that were not my people. I played for some people who really did not want to see me on stage, and I still had to win them over. And I mm -hmm. still, even if they were cross-armed the whole entire time, still had to, you know, fight really hard. And by nature, which is something I'm trying to work on in maturity, by nature, I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe a common characteristic of, of certain people who choose to 
act or be in theater or, you know, this need to be liked mm -hmm. and not just liked, but like enjoyed, mm -hmm. you know, by people. Mm -hmm. I definitely have that. And so now that like, okay, you know, moving into to this world where like I'm going to have a band and I'm going to be able to do stuff that I've always dreamed about doing that I watch other people, other seasoned musicians, other people that are classically trained do. Uh, do these awesome medleys, do crazy awesome outros and intros and midsections and you know what I mean? And, and, and do stuff, stuff with my old songs. And so, yeah, like I wanted to do a live version of, of Lucky because I, for me, a, a career is, for me, a career is like this. You, you, you got, you have to control the narrative. You know what I mean? And I want and I need people to kind of understand that I'm doing something different now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, like, I'm not doing something, like, revolutionary, but it's going to be a really big step for me. Mm -hmm. And, like I said, it's like I, I've always accepted, like, how things have really happened for me in an organic way. And and I've just been – I've honestly had too many, too many awesome opportunities to, like, ever like get discouraged anymore mm -hmm. i will say this tom i think for a little bit i was like okay i'm kind of you know i'm kind of satisfied with like maybe just being like a, going down in history as like this cult figure i'm kind of satisfied with like indie you know cultish you know vibe and people. underground icon type yeah thing. i'm kind of okay with this underground icon thing no that's out of the window now no, sky's the limit. No, I want to be an Oscar-nominated artist either for a musical contribution or for acting. Mm -hmm. And even though, like, those awards are, like, you know, even though they're, they're so not relevant in a lot of ways, these are the little these are the little notches, you know, we, we put on our doorpost, you know. To my credit, I just, I didn't start making music till I was 25. Mm -hmm. And I'm 33 now. So, <sighs> I... I don't even know if I know yet, like, what am I super good at? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, I, have, I have three mixtapes where I completely, genuinely can say I was just doing whatever in the hell I wanted. Like, did not care if it sounded commercial or this or that. Like, that was... That was those those were I would say I would say this. I like to think that I'm an authentic artist, but I will say that those years I was at my most pure because I really genuinely like was not was not considering anything other than like I have this idea. Let me do it. Oh, this is going to sound very funny because people probably wouldn't expect this. But like I love like Tom Petty. I love, you know, you know, Lou Reed, who you'd probably expect. I like I love Jonathan Richmond of the Modern Lovers mm -hmm. uh, and. These are people for me that like can sing. Uh, Jonathan Richmond can actually really sing, but that kind of chose to sing in this like almost like talk sing style. Mm -hmm. um, and funnily enough, I start taking voice lessons in January. <laughs> but I'm I'm like a theater kid. I'm no like singer. So you know you're not gonna like how can how can be honest? You're not gonna have me as a sing a feature singing on your album. So. Uh, I might. So here we go. I, I do. <laughs> so I wanted to start to branch out to do to do different stuff. I think a lot of people, you know, you know, you have certain insecurities about like, can I can I really do this? 
And then the more like the more the more doors you open for yourself, the more kind of mental boxes you break down. Uh, you're like, wait a minute, this is music. Like I actually, yeah. Let 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 me make it sound as popping as possible, but I can actually do whatever I want, you know. And and I really can do whatever I want. And yeah, a song like French Lessons. It's just a song where you know I'm I'm singing and I'm singing in a I'm singing in a space that feels comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really interested in um, performers and and who they become you know on stage compared to off. And I also just wanted to talk about the birth of of, of Mickey Blanco and and that name as an alter ego. I've never known you as anything but Mickey Blanco or but Mickey. But then there's Michael Quasselbaum Jr. <laughs> and what's the separation between the two? And it even is the wrong one now. And yet, who does that person become on stage? Mickey Blanco and Michael David Quasselbaum Jr. are really, really, really inseparable. And what's funny is that when Mickey really started to be birthed, my really good friends at the time they would say Michael is the drag. Mickey is not like you as a drag artist, like, you know, Michael is the drag. So, you know, as I began to create these video art pieces, I also was now, okay, play that led to exploration because like play is actually a form of exploration uh, was me kind of playing with my gender identity for the first time. And, um, you know, I was like, I was 20, yeah, I was 25, 20, 26, 26, um, much thinner than I am now, naturally, didn't have to work at it, and, uh, no, it, it's, I don't know, it's, when people use the analogy to Pandora's box, it's usually, you know, a negative thing, because Pandora opened a box and all these monsters came out, so maybe, maybe it's not Pandora's box, maybe it's more of, like, through the looking glass, when I stepped through the looking glass that Mickey Blanco created, is the first time that I really unlocked a femininity within myself that I could name. And it no longer had to be closeted behind any kind of masculine pretense. You know, the the sissy and the faggot and the all of the things that I was called from like the age of like four mm-hmm. by like other children and stuff like that. Like I, 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 I cannot remember a time that I wasn't called a faggot. Like I have that kind of upbringing. And that usually is the case when you're like in, a, in an effeminate child. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like it, it, it finally was this like safe vehicle for this very effeminate part of my my character of, of of who I am and that and that and that that part of me finally had a safe space to live, mm-hmm. and even when I identified as gay, even when I was gay, uh, <laughs> please like femininity in the gay community is like not you know looked looked upon you know with with all of like the weird like mask like heteronormative stuff that like people like in self internalize and and there's a lot of self hatred and they hate what's feminine. And so when they hate what's feminine, they hate anything that's feminine. And so you, you all know how that, that domino chain goes. Mm-hmm. So Mickey Blanco was like this safe space. And then it became very clear that like this isn't some alter ego. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not dressing up. And it's, and it's true. For about like two and a half years, I, you know, was presenting as, as femme every single day. I was very much so on the road to transitioning. This was my new normal. This was what I felt comfortable with. This is who I am. Like, this feels right. This makes sense. 
Um, and then I contracted HIV. And when I contracted HIV, it became like a huge, okay, do you transition or do you deal with like the fact that you've contracted HIV? And well, I think we kind of know in a sense what's a bit more time sensitive. And so I made a choice and then I thought, okay, it's okay if this just becomes performative. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, I can still experience this and yeah. And I, I think that I kind of like, I kind of locked away the idea and I think beyond, cause I just don't, I don't want to, you know what? I'll say this. I don't want to just blame HIV because that wouldn't be telling the whole story. I had an extreme amount of fear. Um, because come on, when you live your everyday life in, in all situations, uh, as a gender nonconforming person, oh, that's wildly different than when you choose to present or when you choose to identify as something, which is what, even if it was for a video art project or not, even if it was for performing or not, you know what I mean? That's that's what Nikki Blanco, you know, had been. And I, I guess I've gotten over the shame that I have felt about choosing to have my identity be performative and not and not having the courage enough to transition earlier or not having the courage enough to I guess wholeheartedly embody what so many people feel I do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that if I didn't have a public career and if somehow the identity politics of who I am and what I do weren't so intrinsic to what I do, then perhaps it would be no one's business. Mm -hmm. And I understand, and I don't, I don't mean, I'm come on, I'm not going to play the victim, but I just realized that, in being who I am, I exist in this space where my narrative is public mm -hmm. and perhaps people, most people wouldn't have to answer to any questions at all. Mm -hmm. And so rather than, I guess, feel defensive, all I can say is, you know, th this is like my, this is like my very real life. And those are the choices I made because that's what I felt I had to do. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have the courage, it's because I didn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's so amazing to hear about how Mickey Blanco has, has kind of offered you something and, and a kind of, not a kind of a personal security or salvation, but a, a, a new kind of life. Um, that was really beautiful, by the way, Mickey. And you spoke really beautifully then. So Mickey, yeah, just uh, I want to ask you a quick, couple of questions relate specifically um to performance um and for you and you know I, I guess it's so hard to pick one out of you know kind of a sea of many but who's the best performer in history for you and why the best performers in history to me you can only name one one you gotta pick one. Oh, that's not fair i know life isn't it it's not fair all right two Okay, the best performers to me in history are Tina Turner, Iggy Pop, Beyonce, <laughs> Prince, 
Okay, so that's four. That's four. <laughs> Four's cool. And they're all good. Oh, Come my on. God. No, David Bowie. David Bowie, that's David, five. Tina Turner, David Bowie. Uh, Tina Turner, David Bowie. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Prince. Prince. Beyonce. Okay, cool. All right. Um, and do you does uh, do you have any kind of rituals um, before you go on stage? Is how do you prepare? Are you I nervous? Do, uh, okay, so you know what? I know that I'm about to give a good performance if I get nervous. Yeah, I'm starting to get nervous again, which is good. It means I'm not resting on my freaking laurels. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Dang. Oh shoot! Dang! I'm getting nervous. <laughs> Um, I think that's probably the best place to end it. Nikki Blanco, thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Dazed and Gucci present Gucci Gig. And thank you so much for all your creativity, your inspiration, and of course, for performing Lucky for us. It's amazing. Thank you so much, and goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.